Right, so I want to welcome everyone here on this breezy Tuesday. <laughs> I was told it's supposed to be in the 20s tonight. Oh my gosh. Chilly, chilly, chilly. Yeah, very cold tonight. So you guys uh, stay warm, you know. So we're going to go ahead and pray and we're going to get started and um, go from there. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus and we thank you, Lord, for this time, although that we get to get, get in your word. I thank you, Lord, that your truth sets us free, Lord, and sets us straight, Lord, the way we, we need to go, Lord, so that we don't veer this way or veer that way, that we stay on course and hit the mark of Jesus Christ. And we just thank you. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. And I just pray that you would just teach through me and give us ears to hear and our hearts that are ready to, to receive in Jesus' name. So, you know, um, you guys continue to lift up Pastor Ina. You know, um, she was, uh, they were joined at the hip for 26 years since they've been here, 27 years since they've been here. You know, if you saw Pastor Dave, you saw Pastor Ina, you saw Pastor Ina, Dave, well, Pastor Dave was really close by, you know. To be able to do that for that many years and them be, who, you know, who they are and how they loved each other was absolutely remarkable. So, you know, it doesn't matter where she goes, she's seeing Pastor Dave. <laughs> so... I just want to encourage you guys to call the text, you know, and uh, just to encourage her and let her know that you're thinking about her, okay? So, there is a group text, and uh, Pastor Kimmy Lee can get your number, and she can put you on that. So, and that's a good thing to have, so. Um, all right. Well, we're going to be talking about Jesus established the church, okay? So, um and so Matthew sixteen eighteen says, And I also say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So what's interesting that he called it the church is that it wasn't really a religious term, you know. It was something used by the Greeks um, talking about assembly who was responsible for declaring war, military strategy, and electing uh, strategy and other of officials. All right. So it was like if they, they came in and they conquered an area, they would set up this body that would then intend to rule over that area. OK, so they were responsible coming up with the laws and um, setting setting up what needed to be happen. And if, they, if there was uh, resistance, you know, that they would have the military step in and, and take care of those things. So it was a very kind of a strange word, right? Um, you know, to all of a sudden, upon my church is the first time church is not used, or the the word in the Greek ecclesia, it was not used in the Old Testament anywhere. This was something new that he was instituting. You know, one thing too, you know, and I've taught in the past that Jesus went about preaching the kingdom. You know, and where there is a kingdom, there's a king, a king's dominion. He was instituting a new kingdom. And so he came, he conquered the devil, and then he left, and we're supposed to reign in his place, right? So it kind of makes sense that uh, this description of this church that he was setting up, right? It is a place that God would set in place to help rule and reign in that area, you know? So the church is not what traditionally we think of is that you, as a place that you go and you hear sermon and you give your tithe and then you go on. And do whatever, you know, you're doing uh, in your life. Really, th th we're supposed to be coming and getting trained, equipped, 
you know, to go out and to conquer, to take the land, to take, you know, bring his kingdom, you know, out there, you know. So it's a little bit different as far as what people think about what church really is and what Jesus actually meant it to be. All right. So um, Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So here in Isaiah uh, 9 and 6, what does it mean the government will be on his shoulder? It means he governs and rules over all things. And in the case of Christ Jesus, he rules over all of heaven and all of earth. You know, he explicitly has been placed as the head, which is your fill in, over the church, which is his body. Now, Jesus went away, you know, but he is giving us everything we need to be able to, in his place, do the same things that he was doing. He was establishing his kingdom and his rule upon the earth. And now we are supposed to, as his body, as the church, do the same thing. So are we doing that as a church? Are we succeeding in that as a church? You know, overall, I would say no. Maybe actually in some countries, yes. You know, Africa is absolutely, you know, um, the gospel, the good news. Jesus is being established amazingly in a lot of those countries. Just a lot of supernatural things. You know, the things that Jesus do, that they're, they're happening, you know, over there in, in Africa. And in some here, too. But not like it right now that's going on in Africa. And even in, in, a, in China, you know. China fears Christianity because it will, it will change. When, when uh, you take the hearts of people, then it's going to change how they view the government and everything else. And they're going to want to walk in righteousness and walk toward, you know, toward God. And so all of a sudden, they don't view them as their source or, or, or the, the last, you know, um, the one who is in power. They view Jesus as the one in power, <laughs> and they want to follow after him. So it disrupts. That's why they hate Christianity so much, and they want to stamp it out so much. But you know what? It is spreading like wildfire in China, right? Well, we want the same thing here, but we really have to change our mindset of what the church is, right? We need to see and understand that we are, we are an occupying force here in Raleigh that God established right here in Raleigh, so that we can go out and bring his kingdom, establish his kingdom in the hearts and the minds of people, right? So, um, let's see, let's read Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And he put all things underneath his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And then Colossians 1 and 18 says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things may, may, things he may have the preeminence. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the one that controls everything. And guess what? We're his body. But the head only tells the body what to do. He can't really do it unless, you know, the body has to go out and do it. So it's our responsibility now. So uh, B says, through his body, which is your fill-in, the church, the church, he intends to rule and reign over an invisible, invisible is your next fill-in, kingdom, which lives in the hearts of men. 
When Christ reigns in the hearts of men, then changes occur in the kingdom of man. Things change. When Christ takes residence in men's hearts, and there's enough of them, it will change a country. It'll change a city. It'll change a country. And that's what, where we are. You know, Jesus talked to Nicodemus, and he goes, my kingdom comes without observance. In other words, you can't see a physical kingdom. But it's in the hearts of men, you know. What is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit inside of us that changes us, changes our directions, changes our thoughts in every way to Christ, you know. So how are we going to change this, this country, our city, and in our country? We need to go out and preach Jesus. We need to go out there and, and for, the, for the hearts and then the minds of, of the people here in Raleigh. God specifically pe- placed Pastor Dave and Ina, sent them here to establish this church so that we can just sit in here and, ha- and be happy. No. <laughs> So that we could be blessed and blessed and more blessed. No. He's, he put them here so that he could tr- they could train us up. So that we can go out and spread the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen. So how does Jesus use the church to establish his role? He sends anointed, called, equipped, supernaturally empowered individuals to establish churches so that, um, so that he may establish his rule in the area he has sent them. And that's a long sentence. But you know what? Pastor Dave and Pastor Ina were anointed, called, equipped, and super, supernaturally empowered in, uh, to come and establish this church. Um, he may establish his rule in the area he has sent them. There's a reason why we have a lot of churches. It's not only because we might disagree here and there, but it's the church has been put in this place so that we can maintain his rule. We can show forth his kingdom rule. Then we can even go out and give out what the kingdom that Jesus has bought and paid for. That so that we can enjoy his kingdom and the privileges in his kingdom. Not to stay in here and be blessed. Now that's part of what is a, one of the privileges, but not the intent of the church or the overall intent of the church. So um, to do this, they must first train and equip the believers that Christ sends them. You know, it talks about, you know, that uh, many started to believe and God added to the church daily. You were added by God himself to this church. You were sent by God himself to this church. And that you have a purpose for being here. Okay? So a lot of people were like, well, I don't agree with that. Or I said, the first thing you need to establish is you need to ask Jesus Christ himself, your head, if this is where you're supposed to be. If this is where you're supposed to be, then he has set people in place to be heads over this this house and their purpose is then to train you to equip you in every way and and get you to mature in Christ so that that you can go out and do the work of the ministry it's not just to be blessed and here in just your families but to go out and have an impact for the kingdom of God all right 
So uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So who is supposed to do the work in the ministry? Is it, is it the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastors, teachers? And are they the ones that are supposed to go out and do the work of the ministry? No. But in the church, that's what we, th we think. It's the pastors that are supposed to do the work. It's the teachers. It's the, the apostles. They're supposed to do the work of the ministry. But really, it's not. It's the, it's the people who are there training, equipping, and raising up. They're the ones that are supposed to be doing the work of the ministry. So part of the, part of the, uh, the church is here is to discover what God has placed in you. When you were born again, God put gifts and callings in, in, in your heart. They're right there. They're, and they're there, and we're here to help discover those things and mature those things in your heart and your life, you know, so that you can fulfill your part in bringing the kingdom of God to our area. So B says, the church's purpose for the, the fivefold ministry toward believers is to mature, equip, and unify believers so they work together to do the work of the ministry. So what should be the result? If, if, we're, if the, the apostle and the, and the prophet and the evangelist and the pastor, the teacher, if, if they're doing what they're supposed to do in, in equipping and training, training and raising up and maturing Christians, what should be the result? Well, then this is what we should see in, 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 our, in, the, in your life. If, you are, if this is happening in your life, we should be doing the works as you're filling of Jesus and greater. John 14, 12 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me and the, work, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. We should see that. Not just in the life of the pastors and, and the prophets and the teachers, but in every single believer's life. Do you guys believe that? Yeah? I believe it. That's what should be happening. We should be living a supernatural life. You know, Pastor Dave told so many different miraculous stories. And we shouldn't say, oh, wow, Pastor Dave, God has been so good to you. We should say it. No, that is a, that is a new possibility that can happen in my life. Because I serve the same God. I, say, I, I serve the same Savior. And he said greater. It didn't say, you know, that... The pastors and the teachers would do the greater works. But he's talking about all believers. But you've got to believe that. You've got to believe this is possible. So Acts 10, 38 says, We should be going in, in, um, about doing good healing. You know the good we should be doing? We should be going out and praying for people in the name of Jesus and seeing them get healed. And all who are, and all who are oppressed by the devil... We need to stop the lie that God puts sickness on people. It's obvious it's the devil, right? And God has given you his name, Jesus' name, so that you can go out and lay hands on the sick. He said, lay hands on the sick in his name and they will cover. So we just need to start doing that. I want to I hear testimony after testimony and after testimony of, of people being healed because you prayed in Jesus' name and you laid your hands on them. Don't hold back. You know what? We're just told to do that. In his name, pray for them. You know who does the healing? Jesus does the healing. So you just do, you worry about your part, and you let him worry about his part. 
But that's what we should be seeing. First John 3 and 8, we should be destroying, is your fill-in, the works of the devil in men's lives. You got a problem? <laughs> I've got the answer. In Jesus' name, I destroy this in your life. It's no longer part of your life in Jesus' name. First John 3 and 8 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power and went about doing good, healing all oppressed of the devil. Because with the, oh, sorry. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That should be part of your resume. Oh, I go out in, in Jesus' name and, and do good and heal the sick. And I go about doing good, destroying the works of the devil in men's lives. Because I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> do you believe it? If you want it to happen in your life, you've got to start believing it. Like, wow, God can use even me. And he will do it. Matthew 6 and 18 says, We should be taking the gates, as you're filling, down of hell and going in and utterly destroying them. And that's what's going on is the devil comes in and, and sets up a, a, a gate, a wall, you know. And if you take the gates of the, of the city of your enemy, that means they've been defeated. So that's what we need to do. We need to go out. There's all these lies that have been just put out out there. And we just need to go out and preach the truth and see those gates come down. And just go in and take the spoils, which is the hearts and minds of people. So Matthew 16, 18 says, And I say unto you, you are Peter, and on this rock I build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail against it. You don't take note if that gate's coming down in Jesus' name. Whatever it is, whatever lie the devil has put up, it's coming down. As they see the demonstration of how good God is, because they're being healed, and they're being set free, and and all those things in Jesus' name. That is what the church is supposed to be doing. The church is here to equip, to encourage you guys, and, and get you guys out there to do the work of the ministry. Kick the devil out of the city and establish God's kingdom in the hearts and the minds of people. So number three, so what is my part in the church? You must establish in your heart that Jesus has set you in the church. In this church, you must open your heart to those whom Jesus has set in the church as the leaders. You know what? As, as one of the associate pastors, I can tell when I talk to people and even pray for people if their heart's open. Because there is a flow. Oh, my gosh. You know? Um, one comes to mind is uh, Cameron. I'll start talking to him, and I'll start saying all kinds of stuff. I didn't even know. I wasn't even thinking about that. And he goes, oh, I needed to, I needed to, hear, I needed to hear that. Oh that, was, oh, that was good. Wow. And it just comes and comes and comes. Or when I pray for someone, I can just feel the, like, like the, the rivers coming out of me onto this person. And depending on how much their heart is open to receive, then that's how, that flow just flows so powerfully. I can tell when people are open, you know. Who have decided, like, oh, I see, I recognize this person as a gift to this church, and they've been placed there for me. 
right? They've got supernatural gifts placed in them, and that tip is for me. And if they'll open their heart, they can receive of it. It's amazing. Heart. Yes. Heart and heart. The church cannot fulfill its, its purpose without each believer maturing, being equipped, and being in unity with the other believers. This is something that we are trying to accomplish. All right? The devil loves nothing more than to try to cause division. We have to know that the body, is ver- the body in unity is extremely important. Without unity, we cannot accomplish the things that God has called us to. Because we're too busy kind of fussing and fighting and and moping and, you know, on the side over there because you didn't get your way for whatever reason or you don't agree with something for whatever reason. But if God has placed you here, if you establish, like what I said, the first thing is, God, is this is where you have have me to be? Yes. Then you need us just to get over yourself. Know that you're here for a purpose. And overall, as a church, so that we can fulfill what God has called us to do. Okay? So, uh, you have a part, as you're filling, to bring to the body of believers. And if you don't, then they cannot effectively fulfill our, our purpose. Everyone has a part. No one is left out. Jesus put you here for a purpose, and there's something that he's put in you that the, this whole body needs. So if you're not doing it, we're lacking. We cannot go out and do the things that he has called us to do without you fully walking in the things that he has put in your heart, the gifts he's put in your heart, the callings that he's put in your heart. Without you, we cannot accomplish those things. So you, every individual here is important to this body. We can't look at anyone and say, oh, they don't mean anything or they don't have any an- impact because that is, that is not true. That why, you know, if my little pinky is, is hurting, you know what? The whole rest of my body is, is intent on trying to help. And we should see if anybody's hurting here, the whole body should be going to that and trying to get them healed up and strengthened again, you know? If that part of the body's weak, then we're weak also. We can't do the things that we've been called to do and established here in Raleigh without everyone doing their part. Again, the 5 for ministry has been put in place to equip and to train and to mature you so that you could fulfill your calling and do the work of the ministry. You know, we have to change our mindset. Oh, I'm here for a, for a purpose. The fivefold ministry is here to train and equip and mature you guys to be more and more like Jesus. So when you go out there, the devil has a hard time telling between you and Jesus because he sees everything you're doing and saying is just like Jesus. <laughs> All right? So B is say, guard your heart from these things to not divide the church. The devil puts things in, in your heart and your mind, and you've got to recognize what the, these things, okay? And you've got to put them away. You've got to put them far from you. So um, C, it says, don't murmur and complain against those, um, those, against those who Christ in his name has placed as leaders. Instead, know they will be judged for what they are, they are doing more harshly, okay? Um, so pray for them. And then, as led in humility, share your concerns. 
So what's that look like? Oh, I don't like what the pastor said. You know, so you start saying, you know, they said that and I didn't like that, you know. And then you grab somebody else and say, you know what, they said this and I don't, I don't, I just don't like that, you know. Instead of going to Jesus and saying, you know, Lord, I, I, I don't like this, but, you know, can you, can you show me why, you know, they shared this, okay. And, and then, okay, well, I really believe I'm right about this, so what do you want me to do with the Lord Jesus? And he may say, just pray for them. You know, we have to see and know and understand that they're, they're human too, and they're a son and daughter of God, and God will set them aside and, and talk with them, especially if you pray and ask God to do so. Or he may say, why don't you go talk with them? And, you know, some people don't, have a, don't mind going and talking to the pastor about something, and other people are shaking in their boots. <laughs> but, you know, we need to do, the one that doesn't mind doing it, they need to go in humility, knowing that Jesus Christ himself set the pastors and the teachers and the apostles and all those in place, you know? We've got to understand that they've got so much more on them than, than we, can, we could pro- possibly imagine, you know? If you think the devil's after you, oh my gosh, you know, he's really after those, those who are in leadership, okay? So pray for them, you know? Pray for them. Don't, don't talk bad about them. Bring it to the Lord and see what he would have you do with it, okay? That's the proper way to do it, right? Uh, so um, let's see. Oh, Proverbs 6, uh, 19, 16 and 19 says, These things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. God wants us to be unified. So don't let the devil use you to cause discord in the believers. If anything, you should be saying, no, we're here for a purpose and a plan. God put us here and put them in charge for, you know, over us so that we can fulfill our destinies. So C says, don't murmur and complain against the, oh, I already said that one, sorry. Um, D, don't oppose the leaders indirectly, indirectly or directly. Well, what does that mean? Meaning, well, you're plotting and planning on the side over here, you know, getting a little group together who's agreed with you, or directly coming against them, you know, out in front of everyone. It doesn't matter. Either way is bad. <laughs> One is just as bad as the other, okay? So we have to be careful. We have to be careful of this. So uh, James 3 and 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that, that uh, we shall receive a stricter judgment. So we need to pray for our leaders in our church, okay? Because if they are doing something wrong, we need to pray that God helps them to see it and then let God help them correct those things. Um, if not... Over and over again, he's proven he doesn't care if they're a leader of a 20,000-member of a church. He will expose them, and judgment will come if they don't judge themselves. But don't you be the one that brings judgment against them. You bring it to the Lord, and you do what he tells you to do, whether it's to humbly come before them or to pray for them, okay? Um, let's see. Uh, oh, here's, this, here's an instance of whom someone God has put in place 
and then some another group came against them. So Numbers 16, 3, and then 32. So uh, they gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You take too much upon yourselves, for all the congregation is holy. Who do you think you are? I'm holy too. <laughs> Every one of them, and the Lord is among them too, you know. Why didn't you exalt yourself above the assembly of the Lord? Well, he's just, you know, Moses, was, Moses and Aaron was just doing what they were told to do. It's just, and they were like, well, I, I hear from the Lord. I, we're following the Lord. You know, why, why should I listen to you? You know, why should I have to listen to you? You know? Um, so, but God judged them. And this is what happened. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the men with Korah and with all their goods. Whether, pers- whether the person is in charge is wrong or not, it's not right for you to come against them and try to ups- usurp their authority. God has specifically put them there in that place. And you've got to know that responsibility is upon them. And they will be judged for the things they do and they say. But don't you be the judge. <laughs> Let God be the judge. You be there for them. Encourage them and, and, and talk with them and, and pray for them. Okay? That's our part. God, if the, the person needs to be judged, God will do the judging. You know, David, though he anointed to be king, said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. Referring to King Saul. King Saul basically stopped following after God. And he was doing some really unrighteous things. You know, David himself had a, the prophet come and anoint him as king. But you know what? He goes, I am not going to come against the Lord's anointing. He knew and recognized that Saul himself had been put there by God. And it was not by his hand that he was going to come against Saul, whom God had not anointed and put in place. And we should have the same. So we should not come against our leaders. We should be there to pray for them and honor them and recognize that God put them there. And he put them there for a reason. So number four says, how do I get promoted in the church? A lot of people get frustrated. They're like, you know, I've been doing this for this long, and I'm ready, I'm ready to do this, what I believe God called me to do. Okay? So what do, what do I do? Here's a principle. It says, do not promote yourself. Let God promote you by letting the one in charge promote you when it's time. So use this principle Jesus taught. It says, um, Luke uh, 14 and 10 says, But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. The principle is don't exalt yourself. Let the one who has been in charge of the house come and see you, you know, and then when they think they'll put you where they believe you to be, okay? So be patient, you know. Humble yourself before, you know, before the Lord and humble yourself before the leaders. When they see that, they're like, they're ready. They're ready to be promoted. So the last thing is humble yourself and God will promote you in due time, okay? Not in your time, but in his time. So be patient, okay? So a declaration would be, let's see, 
Okay. So you guys say this with me. So we are the church, and we will go out and do good and heal all those who are oppressed of the devil. We will destroy the works of the devil in men's lives. And we will take the gates of hell down and go in and establish Jesus as king. Amen? Amen.